Amen. If you're thankful for church this morning, just say amen. amen. Open your Bibles to John chapter 12, the Gospel of John chapter 12. And we're going to be reading really just two verses this morning, two key verses in our text, John chapter 12. And uh, I just need to open by sharing um, how thankful I am for uh, Pastor Greg sharing last week um, and sharing the word with you. Um, Sandra and I were uh, both moved and encouraged uh, to be able to spend last weekend with a retreat or on a retreat with some young people. And uh, I'm discovering that the term young in young people, when referring to myself and then young people, that gap seems to be getting wider. Um, I don't know what changed there, but it was like, I say young people, they were really um, a couple high school students, senior high, a um, couple graduate or getting ready to graduate, and then a handful of uh, 20-somethings, kind of college and career age, if you will. And uh, it was just an amazing weekend. Um, it was just a great opportunity to be able to share God's word with them. Um, we honestly spent the weekend um, down in uh, Irish Hills, if you're familiar with that area. And uh, they basically rented uh, two homes, and the one home, a pretty large home, uh, was in the living room is where we gathered for all of our services, if you will, all of our time in God's Word. And uh, it was on a lake, and in the living room where we're gathered, there's about, I don't know, four or so giant windows right here overlooking the lake. And it was a vaulted ceiling, so then above that are four more giant windows all overlooking the lake. And the sun would come up and just come right through those windows. And it just was an amazing setting, an amazing time to be able to spend with some young people in the Word of God. Um, I was blessed to be able to speak. Um, I spoke about eight times from Friday night till Monday morning. And every time we just kind of dived into God's Word. And then we would spend some time each day reflecting over what God was doing in their lives. It could have been something from a talk or something from their uh, devotionals. Uh, the people that put the retreat on made sure that every single morning they had what they called one-on-one -on -one time. And so from like 9 to 9.30, uh, everybody was basically just, okay, go get your Bible and go get along with God for a little while. And you know what I was amazed with is I see these young people scattering out all over these homes and property. And I would come back to the main house at 9.30 and then usually uh, there would be some time to kind of wind down. And then 10 o'clock we started worship. And we did that for about a half hour, and then we did about a 45-minute teaching, broke, teaching, break, teaching. So it was a really packed morning. But I was so encouraged by every time I came back at 9.30, these young people weren't like, oh, 9.30, time to be done. These kids are at dining room tables or out by the lake or out on the pier, and they're still just immersed in God's word. To the point where we had to sometimes be like, all right, guys, <laughs> it's, you know, it's 10 o'clock. We need to move to the next thing. Come on in. We're going to start the next service. There was a few times where, where we had to call people back to that time. And, and what I really was impacted by more than anything, not just only the time people spending in God's word, the time that we could just encourage one another, just enjoying Christ and spending time with him, and just honestly, the simplicity of it all, just the real low-key setting of it all. Um, it, it was just that, that getting back to just what spending time with other believers really can be, um, and I told our, the group this Friday night as we were worshiping in this living room, just sitting around some couches, uh, these sisters, they led us in worship, um, just gifted, gifted, talented musicians. Uh, she would play the keyboard and her other sister would sing with her. And it was just very basic. But I got to tell you guys, if I'm being really honest, and I love this, by the way, 
I'm so glad to be back with you. I'm so glad to be here this morning. I missed you guys tremendously. I know Sandra was able to be here because she did the Word of Life Awards, uh, which that was cool too. Uh, she came back and told me some awesome things um, about Andrew's son um, who decided to join him during his special. And if you're like, I wasn't here last week. What are you talking about? You just have to watch it. Watch it because it, it, you will not be able to hold back the tears. You'll be like, oh, that's so cute. Okay, you're just going to lose it. Okay, it's good. Uh, but to be able to watch all that was so good. But just gathering with these believers in this small space for three days. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, that's just like youth camp or like a retreat. You know, it's just time to get away. But that's the point. It was such an amazing time. Guys, I felt more like the church than I have felt in church, like the church at times in my life. I hope that makes sense. I felt more like I was a part of the church in that gathering than when I've come to big church at times in my life. And it's not the church's fault, by the way. It's because I've overcomplicated things in this gathering. I've made this something that it was never supposed to be. I made this about what do I get out of this and you better do everything I like or else I'll just find somewhere that does. I've done that in my life. And so what happens is we come to church with these overcomplications and different things that we look for. But when we were gathered in that living room this last weekend, it was just getting around the word of God and just going, God, speak to us. And then that, it just felt like church. And I was, it, I may have had a weak moment driving back Monday afternoon, talking to Sandra. I said, what do you think? Let's just go on the road. Let's just go be evangelists and we'll just travel around and we'll do retreats and stuff. I only need like four messages. I mean, I don't need a lot of messages because just go here and preach and go here and preach. We'll just go do these retreats. Obviously, that's not God's call in my life and I'm good with that. But in those moments, don't we have a hard time sometimes coming out of settings like that? Because we feel like we just have to go back to normal now. All right. I mean, ladies event, they had an amazing turnout, a great time there. Great time of fellowship spending with other ladies. You're going to, those of you that are going on the ladies retreat in the fall, you're going to go get away and it's going to be an moving time, an amazing time. And let me just say something, ladies, if you haven't signed up, I don't care what your reasoning is. You need to sign up. It's going to be a great weekend. You're going to love it. Trust me. Okay. It's going to move in a powerful way. But when you go to these ladies retreats or men's retreats or different things, you come home and you feel this weight. Okay, well, I guess that's over. I got to go back to normal now. I got to go back to normal. Can I encourage you with maybe what you experienced in that retreat, gather with other believers, maybe that's actually normal. And what we go back to, we change to abnormal because we're not staying that in that connected walk with Christ. We're overcomplicating it. We're over kind of making it more than it needs to be and, and polluting it with different things that we think need to be in there. We have shifted in a lot of ways our attention away from the wonder and beauty of the relationship with Christ and allowed the world to distract us into buying into the lie that somehow it's all falling apart or that there has to be something more complicated than simply walking with Christ. But it really is just that simple, guys. It really is just that simple. We just walk with Jesus. The title of the message this morning is simply this, the simplicity of our walk in Christ. The simplicity of our walk in Christ. It's simple, and it's so simple to understand what God calls us to, to just develop a relationship with him. We give our lives to Christ, and we serve him, and we enjoy him in this life in doing so. We just surrender our lives to Christ. Whatever you have, Lord, I'm for. There's a song we sang, and I, was, I, I haven't talked to Pastor Keith and Renee and, and Jeff about the, this song yet, but it was one, I, I don't even know the words well enough to be able to 
quote it to you. I won't sing it. You know that's not happening. Mm, no, brother. Uh-uh. Nope. We want people to come back next week. It's just called Available. And I, I, I can't remember who does it or whatever, but it was just such a powerful song to just say, Lord, I'm available to whatever you have for me. No expectations, no conditions, no nothing. Lord, if you call, yes will be my response. And I think that simplicity, that just vulnerability before God is what he's inviting us into. Just to say, yes, Lord. Not say, I will say, yes, Lord, but I need to know some details first. Can you show me the next five years? I got my five-year plan, Lord. I got to make sure what you're calling me to checks all the boxes. I mean, I probably will say yes, but can you just reveal a little more to me so I know what I'm getting into? Man, the simplicity of our walk in Christ is just to say, Lord, you are good. I know you are good. You've proven your goodness through the cross. I don't need the details. All I need to know is that you are with me. And since you'll be with me, my answer is yes. Let's go, Lord. Whatever you want, I'm available. John chapter 25. I want to look at maybe a familiar passage. Talk a little bit about what this text is referring to and how we can enjoy the simplicity in our walk with Christ. So John chapter 12 and verse 25. John chapter 12 and verse 25. He that loves his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this morning. Lord, I'm just overwhelmed by just the worship and the time of praise, just seeing the children excited to serve, seeing the kids excited to worship with us. And Lord, I pray that that childlike faith that we saw on display today, I pray that we would grab hold of that. Lord, I think in a lot of ways we've drifted. And we're going to talk about it, Lord. doesn't mean we don't study and, do, and go deep and all that. But Lord, I pray that we would never lose the simplicity that is, is, that is our walk with you. You said that it's so easy a child could understand it. And so, Lord, I pray that we not only have the childlike faith unto understanding salvation and the start of this amazing journey, but we maintain and keep that childlike faith that we'd continually walk in it, trusting you more every day, enjoying you every day. Lord, thank you for this time we could gather together as the body of Christ. I pray that this has been honoring to you. I pray that as we dive into your word and we talk about these things this morning, that you again would be glorified above all things. It's not about me. It's not about us per se, Lord. It's about you. But when we lift you up, we know we'll be filled. So right now, Lord, if there's someone here that's full of themselves, full of something else, Lord, maybe they're holding on to a sin. They're just, they're not sure what to do with it. I pray that they would repent of that thing, lay it at your feet. Find your grace and mercy, which is new every morning. Confess and repent and find the newness in, their gra- in that grace in their life and receive it, Lord. And Lord, for those of us that are maybe dr- distracted or drifted away, Lord, full of ourselves, full of our own things, I pray we'd empty ourselves this morning so we can receive what you have for us. Lord, Father, we thank you so much for this time. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 
John chapter 12, in these two simple verses, we find some powerful truths that I believe will help us in understanding our first point this morning. Our first kind of point we want to address is how to keep it simple. How to keep it simple, meaning this walk with Christ. How do I keep this walk with Christ simple to the point that I enjoy it and I'm blessed and encouraged by it? The first thing you have to understand is understanding the life we've been given. We need to understand the life that we've been given. So in John 12, 25, in our English text, you're going to see that in that verse, the word life is used three times. He says this, he that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. We see the English word life three times. And sometimes when you translate from Greek or Hebrew, which are the two languages primarily the Bible was written in, some Aramaic, you're going to lose some of that translation. Meaning what happens is in, in the English, we read the word life three times. And what do we think of? Life, this life. But in the Greek, there's actually two words being used here for the English word life that emphasizes a different aspect of what life could be. And so in the first, or I'm sorry, the first two times it's used in verse 25, it is the Greek word suke. Everybody say suke. Okay, that was pretty good. You guys just said Greek. Good job. Anybody that's expecting a child, if you're thinking of a baby's name, maybe. You can go with K, right, as a short. That would be kind of cool. The Greek word suke, actually, in those first two uses, the definition would be the common experiences of living in this world. The common experiences of just living in this world. Basically, no matter your view about God or the church or anything spiritual, this is just the day-to-day ups and downs of life. It's just life, okay? The Greek actually just it's emphasizing just life, everyday life, normal life, okay? The interesting thing is we all live the normal life. We all have the same ups and downs. We all have good days. We all have bad days. Sometimes we find our parking spot. Sometimes we've got to walk two miles to, to get to the front of the store. We all have those days. Sometimes things are good. Sometimes things are bad. Sometimes when you're a teenager, you don't have to deal with pimples and acne. Sometimes you do, okay? It's just life, okay? You do what everyone does. You pop it and you move on, okay? That's just what you do, okay? At least that's what I do. Anyway, moving on. It's just life, okay? Everyday life, familiar life. But this, the last use of the word life in verse 25, it's an interesting word. It actually means so much more than just everyday life. The last word for this word life is the Greek word zoe. So say zoe. There you go. Two Greek words. You're learning things right out the gate. It's awesome. Okay, zoe. This word has a description given to it of eternal. Do you see that in the text? It says life eternal. In the Greek, the word life there, zoe, is connected with the word aeon, which is the word for eternal. So those two things are connected, zoe, aeon. And what it's saying here is this idea of eternal life. This is that life that belongs to God, full of power for all eternity. That's what that word means there, that eternal life. It belongs to God, full of power for all eternity. And so why would Jesus, as teaching on this and revealing this to to John, as he's penning these words, why make a big deal about these two different words for life? What's the point of this? Well, I don't believe Jesus said anything by accident. I think everything Jesus said was purpose and intent. And I would suggest that Jesus here is wanting us to see an important lesson that we cannot fall in love with the suke life because the suke life is fragile and ever-changing. Maybe everything is great one day, 
The kids are obeying. Yeah, that happens occasionally. I've yet to see, I have two. I've yet to see both obey at the same time. That's the trick. That's, I can get one, but usually the other one's going a little wayward. So it's like I got to reel you back in a little bit, okay? But this idea, everything's going good, right? It's good. There's good things happening. There's blessing. There's, there's happiness. There's joy. You got the promotion at work. You got that benefit. You, you're just enjoying life. But the problem with the suke life is that the suke life changes just like this. Isn't that true? You ever been having a great day and somebody will say something? Gone. Everything's going great and then you get a call from your employer. Not news you wanted to hear. This is the suke life. It's, it's good and then it's not so good. And then it's good. It's just fragile. And so Jesus' point here is, listen, we can't live and die and base everything that we have in the suke life because that's ever changing. It's fragile. It also will come to an end. If we all are trusting in the suke life, then Jesus was not speaking in mere illustration when he says, if you love your suke life, if you love that, this everyday life, you will lose it. He was serious as you will all. We all will lose the suke life because death is 100% for everyone. If we base everything in the suke life that's fragile and ever-changing, Jesus wasn't using figurative language to be just illustrative. He was saying, if you love that life, you're going to lose it. It's not going to last. However, that's the beauty of the zoe aeon life. Because it is eternal and can never be taken away. Jesus came to share this message That was the whole crux of the gospel. Stop trusting in this life and what you have in this life and what you've gotten in this life and all the goods in this life and the works in this life. That's the suke life. That's fragile and temporary and can be taken away. But the zoe aeon, the eternal life that belongs to God, that he has gifted to us. We are now partakers in something that only God, only God had. He is eternal and he has gifted to us eternal life life. Because I want you to have part in this. And it's available to us through the work of Jesus Christ. You see, the reason Jesus taught this lesson was because there were people in his day and age that didn't know there was anything other than the suke life. They thought this was all there was. And so they live and they die thinking this is it. And the reality is we need to hear this message today and you need to share this with others because there's people in your life that all they think there is, is the suke life. That this is all there is. I get up, I go to work, right? I earn a living, I go home, I go to bed, I get up, I go to work, I come home, I go to bed. This is it. This is all there is. And then after this, darkness, dirt, cemetery, whatever they might think. But Jesus' message is not just an encouragement that eternal life is available. It's a warning that don't put your eyes on this because this is not forever. And one day this suitcase life will end and you will stand before the great God and King and he will judge your life. Not just your works. He'll say, did you know my son, Jesus Christ? And if we stand in our own works and all we have is a pile of things from the suitcase life, it's not going to be good enough. But if we stand in the person and work, the finished work of Jesus Christ, we will have eternal life gifted to us. So how do we keep it simple? Well, we have to understand this life and what this life really is and what we've been given to keep it simple. 
When we see this life in light of eternal life, we will see this life correctly. When we see this life, the suke life, which we also have, in light of my eternal life that's been given to me, this life changes. It takes on different meaning. Now, I don't just do the everyday to do the everyday. I do the everyday with eternal purpose in mind. I don't just get up and go to work to go to work and check, punch a clock and, and do some things and go home. Man, every single day, if I can be real for a minute here, this is for the young people too. Your student here, high schooler, junior higher, every single day, you're a Ben and Sarah layer. That's the truth of it. I, I'm not going to Poland, pastor. I didn't ask you to go to Poland, but you are where you are because God planted you there to be a missionary for his glory. So we don't just go to work to go to work. Man, we're going to work for the mission field. See, we're all called in this life. If we see the suke life in light of the zoe aeon life, it changes this life, doesn't it? Man, everything has, it's, it's fuller. Some of you might have seen Sandra posted a picture of the sunset last night on Facebook. That took a few tries. Don't tell her, but I was driving down the road. And I turned and I, she went, oh, and I was like, what, did you miss it? She goes, no, you didn't slow down. I can't get it. I said, I'm sorry, let me impede traffic so you can get your Facebook shot. No, not really. It's not what I said. I said, I'm so sorry, honey. Let me slow down so you can get what you need. Is that good? Are you good, honey? Okay, all right. Do you want some flowers and candy? Yeah, right. I was like, Bruh! no, I'm just kidding. Take that picture now. But you know what? It's amazing is as we were talking about that, and that's what led to that whole picture being taken, was that we were talking about just the glory of God on display and even everything we see in nature. And just the beauty of that sunset to just realize, man, God, God made that. Did you realize God didn't have to make it colorful and pretty for us? I've said this before, but it's still true. He chose to do that, to display his goodness and majesty. So that we would be in awe of not just him, but of his works. See, when we realize we have eternal life, this life changes. And so we go into our schools, we go into our homes, we go into our relationships, we go into our workplaces. And we don't adapt to the culture to become them. We go in and say, yeah, I want to learn. I want to learn where you're at, where you're coming from. But I want to go in and impact my culture for Christ. I want to make a difference for Christ where God has planted me. And maybe it's little things. Maybe it's just praying for someone. I was going to share something, but I don't want to embarrass. I'm going to share it anyway. He's already going to be a little embarrassed. I was so encouraged by this. Anthony was able to share Christ with someone last week at school and go into public school and just share, share Jesus with them. And I say that to say this. You guys know Anthony. He's not super Christian walking on water on the weekends or anything. But, but you know what's amazing to that is, and it's, it reminded me of something. When I was in working at the hardware store in, in Brown City, I used to bring my Bible to lunch or to read on lunch. You know how many times just leaving my Bible on the table? I'm eating lunch. I'm not even in the Word. But it's just on the table because I'm going to be reading the Bible in a little bit when I have some free time. You know how many people would sit across the table from me or the, the booth or sit across over another one and they would look at me and I'd open it up and they'd be like, they'd glance at the words and that's a lot of little words, right? Like, what are you reading? Do you know more conversations were started? I wish I could tell you every one of them came to Christ. I wish I could tell you every one of them fell on their knees and wept and just, I need to be saved. It didn't happen. Some of them would be like, oh, that's kind of weird, and walk away. That's odd. Okay, thanks. God bless you. But, I mean, so many times people just go, why are you reading the Bible? <laughs> like, most people in our culture today don't see the Bible reading as leisure reading. <laughs> it's like, man, when I was a kid, I avoided that. Like, my parents were like, open the Bible. Mm, okay, don't really want to do that. 
But do you know sometimes just having the Bible available, just, just letting people know, just being open about it, this a little thing can make a huge impact for Christ. That's kind of what led to this young man asking Anthony some questions. He just had his Bible on his desk. And, and this is just, we can all partake in these things. We can all see God do these kind of things. And it's, again, it's not like, well, but they didn't get saved. They didn't pray a prayer. They didn't say they believed. Okay, that's not for you to decide. All we're called to do is just give the seed, give the word of God, and let God grow that and give the increase. It may take years. It might take multiple people sharing Christ. But sooner or later, God will do what God is going to do. And we're not called to control the response. We're just called to give. And so how do we approach every day like that? I'm not saying we're going to be perfect. We all stumble. We all get distracted. We all have issues with this. I have issues with this. But when we stop seeing this life in just this life and see it with the light of eternity on this life, it changes. And it's simpler, even though it's fuller. When we see this life in light of our eternal life, we will see this life correctly. We are tempted to let the life around us take our joy for the eternal life within us. We are tempted to let the life around us, all the things we see around us in the world, take away our joy for the life that's eternal, which is in us. This life is a blessing and one that God desires for us to enjoy. And I think some of us need to be reminded of that. We will gather with others and talk about all sorts of things in our lives. We'll talk about hobbies or interests. These are not bad. However, I would love to encourage you to spend time talking with others about the things of God as well. Not merely only what God is doing in your life, which we're excited about because it's our life. And so God's moving and we want to share that. That's awesome. But spend time also talking to others about what God is doing in their lives. Just encourage them by just going, man, I just love to hear how God is moving. And maybe they just, all it is is, you know, I was reading this passage and God really encouraged me with this this week. Man, that's awesome. That's amazing that you're having that walk with God. It doesn't got to be, well, I, I led 47 people to Christ this week. Oh, praise God. It doesn't have to be these big, huge mountaintop experiences. It could be the littlest things. But sometimes we get with other believers and we spend so much time talking about what God is doing in our life. We don't stop to ask, hey, what's God doing in your life? And that person leaves the conversation and goes, man, God is really moving in their life. What's wrong with me? How come I'm not seeing that in my life? Maybe if I was more like them, I would see that in my life. And the funny thing is, obviously, nobody wants that to happen. But sometimes we have to think back and, and realize, man, how can I be an encouragement, not just in what God is doing in my life, but how can I encourage them in what God is doing in theirs? So that was one of the coolest things this weekend was we had a reflection time where people just started sharing. And I was just blown away by these, these young people. Again, young is a relative term, Okay. And just hearing, man, God is moving or God is doing this. Or, you know, one guy, his name is Jesse. We, on the last, the morning, the last morning we were there, Monday morning, we sang a song. It was like the third time we sang that song. And he said something so profound and it really hit me with just church in general. He said, you know, he said, the first night we sang this one song. He said, so I wanted to like learn the words as I was singing it. The next time we sang it was like the, maybe the next evening or something. And he said, well, I read, I was reading, the, I was getting the words and I was singing along. I felt like I knew the song well. He said, but this third time we sang it, I actually listened to the words of the song. And he said, it just moved him. He was standing kind of somewhat next to me and getting emotional as God was working. And, and just, you could see the tears in his eyes. And, and man, I just, that just hit me really hard that 
that, okay, I started here, and it was kind of like, okay, I just want to learn this. And then it was like, okay, I kind of got it now. I got it down, okay. But then I finally opened up and just heard what this song was saying and how God was speaking. And my challenge, or how that challenged me was, how many times have I sat in church and heard something? And then I hear it again, and I'm like, okay, I got that. I've heard that enough. I know it now. But am I actually really hearing it to where it's actually impacting me for the glory of God? And so for me, there was so many times like that. And it just started with just sitting around and having a conversation, keeping it simple. When we get back to the simplicity of our walk with Christ, we can just fall into Jesus. We can just fall into Jesus. John chapter 12, verse 26, the second verse we already read. Says this, if any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. I want you to, if you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down. We keep this life simple by not only seeing this life in light of eternal life, but by keeping the life simple, we just fall back into Jesus and we understand it's a simple call. We all have a simple call as followers of Christ. Are you ready? Here's your simple call. Serve him and follow him. Serve him and follow him. That's what he calls us to. He says, serve me and follow me. Why would we serve him? Well, the truth is because he is worthy of all we can give. Some might say, well, I do my part. Man, can we really ever do enough to reflect the goodness of God that he's shown to us? And we don't serve to earn our salvation. We don't serve to merit more grace. We don't serve to have, quote, favor over God in our lives so he'll do X, Y, or Z in our lives. That is all good for TV, but not true to the word of God. And you have all the favor of God, if you want to use that word. You have all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. It's been given to you where? In the person and work of Jesus Christ. You have all of the spirit of God. You have all of his goodness, all of his grace, all that you need all given to you freely by his grace. So we serve him because it's the least that we can do. Our lives are a living sacrifice, Romans 12, 1 and 2. So we serve him and we follow him. Why do we follow him? Because he is a savior and redeemer. He is the savior and redeemer. Follow him. Man, that's a tough call. I love, I've said it before, but I love what David Platt says. We struggle with the following until we realize who the me is and the follow me. Once we realize who the me is that's calling us to follow, following makes perfect sense. It's when we forget who he is that we struggle with following him. Well, I don't know, God. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I got time for that. When we realize that he is the, sac- the savior, the redeemer, the one that is given all for us, we follow because it just makes sense. It's the least we can do to serve him and follow him. These forms, or rather the forms, these two calls take in our lives vary from person to person. How we serve and how we follow vary from person to person. As Pastor Greg spoke about last week and did an amazing job breaking apart those examples of the disciples and how God used each one. Um, I got to tell you, there he is, Pastor Greg, I got to tell you that when he brought out about how I always caught with the idea of Jesus and the fish with Peter at the, when he first calls them and the fishing story there and the, you know, they get the fish in the boat starts to sink. Later on, John 21, he's fishing again and Jesus says, try the other side. I've always caught that, but I never got that he made a fire. 
and that he warmed by the fire and talked about that over the, over the food, over the fire, and connected it back to when Peter was warming himself by the fire. I never connected that. Awesome. That when I was watching last week, I was like, what an amazing reminder that God will not only remind us of our call, but he reminds us that even in spite of our failures, he still calls us to serve him. So when we see this idea, it takes different forms. In looking at different disciples and where they were at, we see this. But I want you to realize that he used them just as they were right where they were. We too can be followers of Christ and serve him just as we are right where we are. As God has all of us, we give all of ourselves to him and he begins to do this great work. So I want to ask you a couple questions this morning just in reflection for yourself. Don't answer out loud, but just think for yourself. How is God calling you to serve him? Now, I know we think general terms. Well, I should go to church. I should pray. I should serve him that way and witness. That's great. Those are good things. They're true things. But how specifically is God calling you to serve him? How specifically are you being encouraged to follow him? I would encourage all of us to strip away those spiritual equations that we have created and try to, quote, figure it all out and merely imitate the early followers of Christ by just sitting at the feet of Christ. Man, what a beautiful picture of discipleship, but how simple is that really? I'm just going to sit at the feet of Jesus and just receive what he has for me. There was no super complicated equations or trying to figure all this out and that out. It was just sitting in the presence of Christ. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't study or pursue a deeper relationship with Christ and the deeper things of the word of God. Of course, we should study those things. I'm all for that. If you know me, you know I love studying theology and all the different doctrines. And in fact, sometimes I get a little carried away in some of that stuff. I love all that. But if we dive into these, quote, deep things and miss the simplicity of the relationship, then this is just head knowledge, and we've really just become modern-day Pharisees. And the Pharisees had a lot of head knowledge, didn't they? They knew the law. They knew the Bible. And they also knew how to kind of craft it that it fit their needs and wants. But what were they missing? It wasn't knowledge they were missing. It was relationship. And if we're not careful, in our churches today, we can get so consumed with the, quote, deep things and miss the simplicity of the relationship that we've become like the Pharisees. We've missed that whole purpose of serving and following him. Study the deep things. Go deep. I'm all for that. Yes, but never lose that, that he gave us eternal life and he calls us to serve and to follow him. And the beauty and the wonder of just the relationship. Not only is it a simple call, it's also a very personal call. God, by his spirit, is calling you to join him in a personal relationship that will transform you from the inside out. We are changed because we die to self, are buried in Christ, planted in Christ, and given new life. Look at John 12, 24, right before the passage we started with. John 12, 24, he says this. Verily I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. It's interesting. He's laying the groundwork for his kind of the, the John chapter 15 and all the talk of the vine and the fruit and all of that. You see, Jesus is saying, listen, we have to die to self. And when we die to self in Christ, surrendering ourselves, he will raise us up to new life. And then he will make us fruitful for his kingdom. Again, remember one of the main themes of John's gospel is that Jesus is not only the savior of the Jews, but he's also the savior of the whole world. That means this call is for you. 
This is not just for the Jewish in this context. It is for the whole world. John said it best in John 1.29. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Romans 6.5 also makes this so clear. For we have been planted together in the likeness of his death. We shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. And we've been given a very personal call to die to self, to surrender, to serve, and to follow. And then he gives us new life. And he says, that newness of life, I've planted you right where you are to be fruitful for my glory and for my kingdom. And it's so simple. And this morning, as I was even going over this week, guys, I'll be honest with you. I was sitting at my desk going, this is too simple. (laughs) Isn't that funny? I was like, the simplicity of our walking Christ and the message is too simple. God, I mean, come on, I got to add some stuff in here. But it was like all week, God was like, just remind my people that the key in the relationship with Christ is the relationship in Christ. It's a simple call. Follow me and serve me. And it's a personal call to any who would respond by faith and say, Lord, I receive your free gift of salvation. God in his infinite grace has called you with a simple and personal call into a wonderful relationship with him. He has given to us that are in Christ eternal life to be enjoyed this and that side of heaven. Do you realize your eternal life doesn't start when you leave this world? Right? You can actually, you are experiencing the Zoe Aeon life in your suke life. You're experiencing the eternal life now. So we enjoy that this side of heaven and we will fully enjoy it that side of heaven. And so have you complicated your walk with Christ? Have you, have you just kind of colluded and polluted it with all kinds of other things? Have you made your walk more than it's supposed to be? Have you created something in your mind when it comes to worship that's not really what God would have it to be? I, I, can we just get back to the simple realities of serving him and following him? And isn't it amazing? When that's our starting point, man, things just seem to open up. Lord, I'm just going to serve you. I'm just going to follow you. And I'll go wherever, I'll say whatever, I'll do whatever, because you were the one that invited me personally into this walk with you. But that personal call has to be received personally. You are not saved because your parents are believers. You're not saved because you go to church. You're not saved because you're Baptist or Methodist or Lutheran or in any other denomination. You're not saved because you were baptized as an infant. You're not saved because you give tithe checks. If you know Christ, you are saved solely because as an individual, as a personal response to God's call, you said, Lord, I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Save me. Redeem me that I might live for you. Fill me with your presence, Lord. Thank you for your grace. If you've never done that, then the Bible says you can make that decision today. And if you're living for this suke life, this everyday life, I promise you, you will leave this life disappointed, discouraged, and disconnected from the God of all creation who desires a relationship with you, that where he is, there you may be also. Let's pray and ask God to affirm these things as we respond to him. Father, we thank you, Lord, so much for this morning. And Lord, we thank you for the simplicity of this life. Lord, we pray that as we walk through this life, that as we go day to day through the everyday mundane things of life, I pray that as a follower of Christ, that no day is really mundane, that we would see the value and the worth in every single thing that you call us to. Whether our job is something that requires, Lord, just a lot of manual labor, mental involvement, Lord, whether it's for sitting at a desk, working at a factory, teaching a classroom, working as a a lawyer, a doctor, Lord, whatever it is that you call us to, construction, 
Lord, I pray that you would just show us in that specific field, we are able to be impactful for the things of Christ. So Lord, I hope we would see this life in light of the life eternal. Help us to keep it simple, Lord. To enjoy the deeper things, to study. Yes, Lord, of course. But Lord, we don't do that in, to, to, in place of that relationship. Help us, Lord, to dive into the full goodness of God. Help us to worship you in spirit and truth. Or when we come into a place like this to lift our voices, I pray that we would care less what people think about us as far as how we sound. Lord, I pray that we would worship freely. That we would just allow you to lead us, Lord. Thank you, Father, for calling us and filling us with your grace. And we ask now that you would apply all these things to our hearts and minds. Give us wisdom, and as we respond, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand to your feet this morning as we're led in a song of invitation? However God is leading, would you come? Would you bend a knee? Would you respond to what God is doing this morning as we respond to his call in our lives to serve him and to follow him and keep it simple? Would you respond as God is leading?